0: not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin.
1: Well, we are talking uh, here on Freedom Forum Radio with uh, Donnie Kennedy, Lieutenant Commander-in-Chief of the National Sons of the Confederate Veterans. Let's switch gears a little bit. uh, Donnie, uh, let's talk about the article that you wrote uh, and of course the title of that article is Are Southerners Still Welcome in Our Military? And that of course speaks to what the uh, the naming commission the Department of Defense and uh, mobs of people in general are trying to do uh, to erase our history to erase the history of that era Um And they're doing that, of course, for a specific purpose. Uh, So let's talk about the history of Southern War heroes and why were statues and other memorials erected. And they were erected all over the country. It wasn't just in the South. So what was the meaning of that?
2: Exactly. Well, for one thing, you have to remember that many mothers, many uh, wives, many sisters, they did not have a memorial to their fallen son, husband, brother, etc. He was buried in some unmarked grave in some battlefield God knows where. So these memorials became almost like a cemetery where they could take uh, memorial ceremonies and remember the fallen people that were no longer with them. That is the main reason. It was uh, to memorialize and to show the people of next of the future generations who these people were and what they were fighting for. I loved it. When people tell me that, number one, that uh, the Confederate Memorial is uh, a memorial to white supremacy, uh, I I don't know if any of your viewers are familiar with this, but there was a group of black representatives in Mississippi in 1890, led by a representative John Harris. Representative Harris was a Republican. He was one of the last few six, uh, I think it was six representatives, uh, black representatives in Mississippi. And Mississippi was attempting to raise funds to put a Confederate memorial up. And some of the white legislatures said, well, we just don't have the money. We don't need to do it. Uh, we shouldn't put this monument up because we just don't have the money. Representative Harris got up on the, and I have his total speech that he made that I got from the court of the uh, Capitol, In Jackson, Mississippi, and he said, "quote I too wore the gray, the same color my master wore, and if that war had gone on till this day, we would still be there." And then he went on to say, "These men did not go off fighting for any other reason than protect their home and their territory and their families, and they should be recognized." And he said he was casting his vote in order to erect that Confederate monument, and he and every black rep. Representative in the legislature of Mississippi in 1890 voted to erect that monument, and that monument exists today in front of the old Capitol in Jackson, Mississippi. Now, if that monument is being raised for white supremacy, did those six black men, were they that dumb that they didn't recognize that they were voting for a white supremacist monument? Absolutely not. Everybody knew what they were voting for. They were voting to recognize brave men who did not have a memorial in the Family Cemetery, and that is what those memorials were about. Now, just to back up a little bit, uh, Mayo C. Tung, you and I, Dr. Dan, are old enough to remember the Red Guards and the uh, the Cultural Revolution. What was it that Mayo was after? was it, the uh, Four O's that they were going to get rid of? Old thing, old customs, old ways, old religions, etc. Et they were going to destroy everything so they could build a new, glorious society. Well, that didn't work out very well at all for them, but every revolution Revolution will try to destroy monuments. monument. You said it quite well. Whether you're looking at the Soviet Union, what did the Soviet Union do when it uh, took over the uh, uh, Baltic states and everything? They got rid of, number one, the monuments. You couldn't show the flag. The currency was, uh, you could not have any of the old currency. I remember stories back during the Cold War of people from Lithuania, when they see an American tourist, they would give that American tourist an old uh, piece of currency from the, of lithuania when it was a free country and said please tell the people in the western world we're still here well that is why you don't want that's why people don't want to have monuments because it reminds them of a time when people were free when they ruled themselves when they were proud of who they were and they could show pride in their heritage and that's why these things have to be removed today and as you read in the article This is affecting our ability to uh, defend this nation. Uh, Right now, recruitments in the U.S. military is down by 20 and 30 percent. And in the South, the South used to provide the bulk of the, uh, the troops and the enlistment. And that is going down because why would anyone want to go into the new woke military where drag queens are allowed, but Robert E. Lee is censored? where gay pride flags are seen in and everywhere, but the Confederate flag is no longer seen. This is why we have to defend our heritage and our culture. It is traditional American values that's under attack. The Sons of Confederate Veterans, many years ago, 20, 30 years ago, we warned our fellow Americans that this fight is not about Confederate monuments and Confederate flags. It is about destroying traditional American values Sooner or later, when the, once they get rid of all the Confederate statues, they're going to go after other statues, and lo and behold, that's exactly what they are doing now. Matter of fact, uh, in Georgia, they're talking about to get getting rid of Stone Mountain. Well, in uh, Mount Rushmore in South Dakota. They're talking about getting rid of it because you have two evil slaveholders there. You have a a colonialist, imperialist president, Theodore Roosevelt, and you have Abraham Lincoln, which now they're discovering he was a white supremacist, which he was, which most people back in the 19th century were. But he was and he was very uh, vocal about that. So now they're saying we're going to have to get rid of Mount Rushmore. It's not the Confederate flag. It's a U.S. flag they're going after. Dr. Dan, there's 13 stars on the Confederate flag. It's got 13 slave-holding states. we got to get rid of it. But what about that United States flag? It's got 13 stripes on it. Guess what? Those stripes represent 13 slave-holding colonies and states. Are we going to get rid of the U.S. flag? All right, well, wait a minute. What about the Constitution? In three different areas in the Constitution, it defends... And define slavery. Are we going to now have to get rid of the Constitution? Because hey, we're talking about getting rid of anything that offends people that reminds them of slavery. Listen, this is a push to destroy Western Christian values. It's not just the confederacy thereafter folks if you allow them to destroy the confederacy we're the low hanging fruit but it only is like throwing gasoline on the fire the revolution continues and every revolution ends up eating itself and they will end up destroying the united states the united states flag the constitution everything we believe in if we don't stand firm against it and that's why i'm so proud to be on here and allowed to to give my opinion here because dr dan we're in this together. We are defending traditional American values. And uh, I don't know if anyone here has seen it, but the uh, Sons of Confederate Veterans recently did a national poll. We had a polling company polled the United States of America and asked the citizens in America, how do you feel about the uh, Southern Monuments, Confederate History, and Traditional American Heroes, Local and National. Do you know that 60% of Americans responding to this poll said, keep Southern history and Southern heritage alive? 60%. We're, Dr. Dan, we're, on, we're in the majority. We're not in the minority. The only problem is that those people are organized. We are not. So that is one of the things that we're going to have to look at in the future. And
0: well,
1: we are talking uh, here on Freedom Forum Radio with uh, Donnie Kennedy, Lieutenant Commander-in-Chief of the National Sons of the Confederate Veterans. Donnie Kennedy, we have learned some very important lessons from the history of that era, uh, and that's why statues and memorials were built. They were built to remind us, not just of the events, because it's not just the events. It, what, does, what do those events mean for the history of our nation? What do they mean? What are the lessons they teach us about our freedom, about our rights, about our ability to maintain our freedom against an onslaught from the global elite, the collectivists who want to enslave the whole world for their own personal gain. And if we are cut off from our history, that makes it more and more difficult for us to be Free, And that's what they want. You know, like you said before, every totalitarian government, the first thing they do when they come to power is they cut the ties of the people to their history. Because if a people remembers their history, they strive always to be free. Who would want to be a subject of a dictator? Uh, Who would want to do that voluntarily? No one that I know of, certainly, and no one in their right mind. But if you cannot remember, if you are one or two or three generations removed from freedom, then you don't know any better. And that's why when the Nazis came to power, they burned all the books absolutely so their citizens couldn't read about their great his, their great german history they didn't want them to know about the great german history of the renaissance and all the wonderful musicians and composers and 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 and, and authors and, and philosophers that the german nation had created those were all verboten forbidden the verboten to the people they were forbidden but, because that's a link to the greatness of a nation. And what Hitler did, of course, was destroy all that, along with 8 to 15 million other people that he destroyed along the way. So we've also talked, which I like about the constitutional implications of this whole era. Have you have any thoughts about that? We've talked about it but let's talk about it just a little more. There are important implications for what is going on now to our freedom. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, Ron and I, in in all the books, and the South was right, it was just one of about 15 books that Ron and I have written. Uh, But in many of our books, we talk about Uh, 100 years of conservative failure. Uh, As conservative, we've had some good tactical victories. Uh, Ronald Reagan's election was a tactical victory. But what happened? Did the federal government, was power reduced? No, the growth of the federal government was certainly reduced, the rate of growth, but the federal government ended up being just as big as it was uh, when Newt Gingrich took over. Man, we heard from Bill Clinton that the era of big government was dead. Uh, how did that work out for us? You know, we've had some tactical victories, but we never learned how do we have a strategic victory. We will have continue along this line of hundred years of conservative failure if we don't realize we've got to have a game. Challenge in this nation. We've got to come around with a situation where we can force the federal government to recognize that we, the people at the local level, whether it's Wisconsin or North Carolina, Virginia or Oregon, the people in the local level, they are the ones who have ultimate authority in this nation, not some pointy head bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. Those people are our servant and not our master. I think it was George Washington who has been noted as saying that government is like fire. It's a useful servant or a fearful master. And this is why we need real states' rights, so we can force the federal government to be our servant and not our master. And folks, right now, the federal government is our master. I don't. we're under federal tyranny. It's not as bad as the tyranny under Nazism or under under, uh, uh, the Soviet Union, but it's still tyranny and it's far removed from what the founding fathers intended for us to have. So we've got to get back to that system. And in many of the books that Ron and I have written, we've talked about what do we need to do? We've got to get back to where the states are sovereign. Right now, as I've said before, we don't have states' rights. You have state privileges. Uh, And A perfect example of this, uh, uh, Alabama. They had uh, in their state, they had uh, the uh, uh, Ten Commandments in state, not federal, but state courthouses. The federal government said, "No, Alabama, you can't do that. And this was under a Republican administration they sent federal marshals into federal into state courts in Alabama to remove the Ten Commandments in those state courts. You see, Alabama doesn't have a right. It has a privilege. And Alabama is no different than Michigan or any other state. We only can exercise those rights that our masters in Washington, D.C. allows us. So, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did I just say? Our masters? What did that make us? If we have a master in Washington, D.C., Dr. Dan, that sounds to me like we must be slaves.
1: It sure does. And what you're talking about, again, is something we've talked about earlier and that is the tools that our founders gave us. Nullification, interposition, and secession. All legal remedies to federal power overreach. All remedies to the concentration of illegal unconstitutional power in the hands of elected officials and bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. And this really is uh, its something that I also like to talk about, and that is the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. But, Pastor Matt Trewella, which we've talked about before, and that basically is, is that the Christian document doctrine of the lesser magistrates requires that the local officials stand between the oppressive federal government and yeah. its and the citizens that they represent, and interpose themselves between so that the citizens can be protected. And that's really what you're talking about, Donnie Kennedy. Amen.
2: That's, you, that's right.
1: You expect. And I expect that we must we must regain power by exercising authority at the local level.
2: That really
1: is that's the lesson. Of all of this, isn't it?
2: It is to me. And uh, the the question I have is, how do we formalize this in such a manner that it is known not only to uh, the world but to our citizens that hey, we have these rights now, and we can force the federal government to uh, to abide by the limitations that is imposed upon it by the Constitution. Now, I'm gonna uh, let me right quick run back to something that I wanted to uh, hit upon because. I have people all the time tells me, well, look, uh, you know, I I believe in the Constitution, but don't you know the Constitution uh, in the uh, supremacy clause says that the federal government is supreme? Uh, No, it does not. It does not. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dr. (laughs) Day. It does not. uh, John C. Calhoun, Robert E. Lee, Jefferson Davis, they all believed in the Supremacy Clause. The supremacy Clause sim- simply states that in those powers where the states had authorized the federal government to act, those acts would be the law of the land. But if it was not pursuant to those actions, if it was unconstitutional, then it would be null and void. And I think even Alexander Hamilton in Federalist Paper, I believe it was 85, he noted that if the government government did anything outside of the authority of the Constitution, that act would be null and void. That was Alexander Hamilton. He was a high Federalist. He wasn't an anti-federalist. He was a high Federalist. But even he noted that, that the uh, anything the federal government does is not supreme. Only those acts which are pursuant to the Constitution. And Dr. Dan, one more thing. I love to tell people this. When I was growing up in a in the rural area of Mississippi, my daddy always had a double barrel shotgun behind his bed in his bedroom and none of our doors was ever locked. We never had any trouble. And one reason because everybody understood that Mr. Kennedy had a double barrel shotgun in his bedroom and it was locked and if we mess with him, we're going to end up with a load of buckshot. Well, guess what? You know how many times my dad had to fire that gun in anger? Not a one because he had the gun. The, the simple thing about a gun is the time you need one is when you don't have one. If you have one, you usually never have to use it. The same thing with secession, nullification, and interposition. If we the people possess these weapons, we will never have to use them because the federal government will have been put on notice. We're the boss not you you take orders from us we don't kowtow to you right now we don't have that and that is why we are really the slaves of the federal empire. Well, Donnie
1: Kennedy, that is a very fitting way to uh, come to an end of this incredible discussion of things that are so very important for the future, not just for us, but for our children and our grandchildren. I want my children and grandchildren to be free. I want them to grow up in a free America. And you're right. We have the tools, but you know what? We need to get off the sofa and start brandishing those tools. And that's the only way we're going to regain our rights. So Donnie Kennedy, Lieutenant Commander-in-Chief of the National Sons of Confederate Veterans, I want to thank you so very, very much for being a wonderful guest on Freedom Forum
2: Radio. Thank you, Dr. Dan. I appreciate being here. God bless you.
1: God bless you too. And
0: that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com the rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom
2: everything going to be all right this morning <laughs>